this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today, we're going to get into something I love. I don't get to do it very often, because you have to have the time, the place, and the right people to do it, or else it won't work. We're talking about a game. And this game is a classic game from the Midwestern American college circuit. It is popular in the black community and other communities and was most famously spread around by troops in World War II and by the Pullman Porters. What game is it? Spades. I love playing spades. And today, we're going to talk about how to have a spades party. So, open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on games. Because we're going to have fun on this episode today. Let's get started. thing you want to do when planning a spades party is to make sure you have a venue that will allow you to be comfortable and to be able to be there for at least two to three hours. Nobody wants a rushed party. The location should have plenty of chairs, should have card tables, and enough room so that people can move around and socialize outside of the table, especially if you're going to play Rise and Fly. For those who have never played Spades, while it is a four-person game, although it can be a two-person game, and I've even seen a three-person game, there is a circumstance where five people can play, and this is called Rise and Fly. Actually, more than five, but generally five. When this occurs, people take turns and the person who got the least amount of books winds up having to get up from the table and then that other person who was waiting takes their place. And that's Rise and Fly. I, I, you know what? I have played Rise and Fly and at first I was always getting up from the table. I was always flying. But now I pretty much hold my seat. Another thing you want to make sure you have is at least five decks of cards. You heard me, five decks. Even if there's only two tables or three, you still need five decks of cards. The reason being, number one, you want to make sure you have enough cards for everyone to play. Number two, sometimes things get really lively. I mean, really lively. And somebody might stand up and decide to run the game and they might just start slamming the cards on the table well when that happens the cards can get bent they can get uh, torn it's very rare but it does happen and what you don't want to have happen cards people can see what card that's not what you want I mean during the middle of a game you probably can't switch it over but when a new game starts you definitely want to replace them as soon as people start to be able to identify what cards you have in your hand 
by the way it's folded. So that's one of the other reasons you have five sets of cards. You also want to have at least two tables because you want the beginners at one and the experts at the other or the old heads. You don't want the old heads and the beginners, the babies playing together because that's how people's feelings get hurt. Unless those newbies are learning the game from the old heads, in which case that's fine. If the elders are teaching them and they're sitting on their right or left hand to learn how to play their hands, that's absolutely fine then you can have them sit with them. But other than that, don't do that because that's how people's feelings get hurt. Now we're talking about a party. We're not talking about a tournament. A tournament is serious business. We're going to keep it not so formal. We're going to keep it friendly. And when you're playing in a card party, the most important thing other than the cards and the location, of course, is the people. But the other big thing is that you want to make sure there's plenty of refreshment. You want food and drinks, but you don't want heavy meals. You want finger foods. And you also want to make sure you have ways for people to wash their hands. Washing your hands is important all the time, but definitely when you're eating and definitely when you're eating finger foods. Although, traditionally, when I was playing spades when I used to hang out when I was younger, we always played spades at a fish fry. It always seemed to coincide. And I know that some of you are saying, well, a fish fry, how can that be a finger food? Well, we just broke it up with our fingers and ate it. You know, we really were living on the edge back in the day, right? So you could also wrap it up in bread, um, and that's the way it goes. Traditionally, the fish you're going to be frying is whiting. It's cheap, it's good, it's, it's the thing. I remember I used to hang out at the Godson's Motorcycle Club, and they would have a fish fry every Wednesday in Detroit on the west side. And they would give the fish out for free to the community. Now you did have to pay for your soda or your pop because you know we're from Detroit is pop. But you that was the only thing you really paid for. If you wanted something extra like chicken or something you would but really it was a fish fry. And they would just feed the multitudes. I guess you can kind of tell by their name the godsons that uh, they were pretty into feeding people fish and bread, loaves and fishes. So, you know, and, and we have a lot of motorcycle clubs in Detroit, a lot of them in the areas around Detroit, too. So, you know, check those out. But definitely that was what my memory is, you know, a fish fry and some cards and you're good to go. Now, I know some of you may not have eaten whiting before, and you might be curious as to what the relationship to fish fries in Detroit and whiting might be. I'm not saying that only whiting is served. Obviously, we're a maritime state. We serve perch, we serve whitefish, we serve catfish, we serve everything. Why whiting? Well, I'm going to tell you. The reason whiting and spades go together so well is kind of because of the 70s. Now, I know you're like, what? What does that have to do with anything? 
I know this is a little bit of an aside, but I want to give it to you just so you have some of the, the information. See, whiting was one of the fishes, or one of the fish, both are correct by the way, that was used to substitute for catfish in the African American community because catfish, as the Muslim movement and as the uh, clean eating movement, moved across the country during the 60s and the 70s. Okay? And because catfish is a bottom feeder, but we, many of our families grew up eating catfish and missed that texture and that taste, they substituted whiting. As the whiting grew more popular, it became introduced to the get-togethers of events like spade parties and bidwist parties and things of that nature. It was cheap and it was easy to cook and the dietary requirements were met. Same thing with smoked turkey taking the place of hog jowls and pig's feet. It just it took the place of a lot of things when we became more health conscious. So that's why I said whiting. I always try to make sure I give you some interesting history or folklore behind why we do what we do in our, our cottage core world here in Detroit and in the metro Detroit area. I don't live in Detroit proper any longer. I live about two miles from the border now because flat out the house where I used to live is gone. So I don't have much of a choice, <laughs> but um, one day I'll move back. One day I'll move back home, move back home. Now, another thing you want to keep in mind is when you're offering refreshments, whether or not you're going to have alcohol. Spades is a high-spirited game. It's highly spirited. So you want to maybe make sure that if you do offer alcoholic beverages, you, you don't put out so much that someone might get a little bit too tipsy and things can become too heated. You know, sometimes people get upset, especially if someone reneges and, and, or they sandbag and you don't want a situation where, you know, someone had a little bit too much and now it's not friendly any longer. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but especially if people are gambling, which it's up to you if you allow gambling. I don't. Uh, the game itself is enough fun. But if you do, you definitely don't want a volatile situation. So maybe offer things like ciders and uh, at most a beer, but no hard liquor. It's a little bit too much. Uh, another thing you want to offer too uh, is somewhere for people to relax and sit down when they're not playing. Because there are people who just want to watch you play, believe it or not. And that's absolutely fine. Oh, and one more thing. Make sure you put up a, a board, and I'll tell you why. One thing you want to make sure of is you need to put up a board for two things. One, to keep score, because every table should have a little notebook to keep score, but this way you can kind of make maybe, you know, keep a big score as far as what teams did the best, but it's not a tournament. It's a little bit different. But the other thing, the other thing, you got to write this down. You need to write down what constitutes talking across the board. 
talking across the board is like cheating. I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of how to play spades. You can look that up online. You can find someone to teach you if you're lucky. But I'm not going to, to get into that. But if you talk across the board, that can cause problems. Especially when it can cost you books. It will definitely cost you books if you get caught talking across the board and everyone agrees you did. Nobody likes a cheater. No one. And you definitely don't want to be called one. So having certain phrases up front that are said, this is what we automatically are going to say is talking across the board, is going to help you and not hurt you. See there? Talking across the board. Put up a board. You're not bored, are you? I got you with that one. You weren't ready for that joke. You weren't ready. And lastly, if you want to be, you know, go a little bit extra as a host and you don't have to. If you're a host or hostess, you can definitely do a couple of toward the end of event things. One, you can give people little goodie bags or little swag bags to take home. You know, one of the things you can do is have spade uh, trumps, like Big Joker, Little Joker, Deuce Deuce. You can have those cards printed off on cardstock in an oversized fashion and attach candy to them, put them in a little bag and give it to them to take home as a little memento. If you want, you can have a team that won everything all night that did exceptionally well. Uh, you can give them a keychain, like a little dollar store keychain, or it's up to you. It's not a tournament, but again, you can do that, especially if they ran a couple of Bostons. Definitely if they ran some Bostons, give them something cute. You know, and it can even be a gag gift, like a can of Boston baked beans. Why not? I mean, just, just have fun with it. Another thing you want to do is if there's a lot of people at this party, have them sign a book. And when they are gone, you can send them all emails thanking them for their attendance and inviting them to the next party. You know, it can be as formal as inf or an, as informal as you like. It's up to you. But if you are serving fish and you're frying it at a fish fry, you have to have a designated fryer because that person cannot be playing spades and frying fish. It doesn't go. Oh, and by the way, fish and spaghetti do not serve together. Yeah, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people people involved in this debate know what I'm talking about. It's either spaghetti or fish is the entree. They are not sides of each other. Fish and spaghetti? No. And I know that just when I said that, I split my audience in half because some of you are like, well, well I eat fish and spaghetti. I eat fish and spaghetti. Good for you. I don't. <laughs> but it's a personal preference. I'm not going to judge you if you do it. It's up to you. Just, just don't do it here. this has helped you think about if you haven't before throwing a spades party it's one of those beloved games you can play it almost anywhere and if you haven't learned how to play spades look online you can learn how to play basic spades that way but if you want to play some Detroit spades or some southern spades you're going to have to find somebody who knows how to play and I hate to tell you but you've got to convince them to teach you how to play. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if you're in town and you want to learn how to play, 
and you run across me and you mention this podcast and there's an opportunity, I will play with you if you can catch me. But other than that, I'm not going to teach anybody to play. Nobody really teaches you how to play um, who knows how to play. They don't. You know, I'm beginning to almost forget how to play. I I do remember, but I don't play it as often as I used to, especially after the global situation. But I think you'll enjoy it if you've never played it before. It's something to really look into learning how to play. It's not bridge, okay? It's not going to be the same, but it's not that far from it. Now, I will say this. If you learn how to play spades and you like it, maybe check out its uh, predecessor, something else, that is in that same kind of beloved game family and learn how to play whist, specifically bid whist. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it a lot. I love sharing enjoyable things with my friends and we're friends, right? If you play a game of spades, let me know if you run Boston's. Can you run Can you run a Boston? Are you going all the way? What are we talking about? You taking a flight? Looking up these phrases will connect you and me a little bit closer. So maybe take a time to look them up if you don't know them already. And I look forward to seeing you here next time on my Magical Cottage Girl Life.